reached the Entertainment Hotline, a chatter podcast. Listen as celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle. Chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. Dial 1 for movie stars. Dial 2 for streaming stars. Dial 3 for TV stars. Dial 4 for music stars. Or press 0 to speak with the star of the show herself, Anita. I'm Shazzy. And I'm Grant Denya. We're from the It's All True podcast. Hooray! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Entertainment Hotline. I'm your host, Anita Annabelle. Well, this week I had the absolute fortune of chatting with Grant and Chesie Denya and I can honestly say it absolutely left me thinking about life and what it truly means to live. Both Grant and Chesie spoke about their relationship, why Grant is taking time off from TV and we also spoke about their podcast It's All True which is in its seventh season. Honestly it was raw, it was honest and there were moments where we all got a little choked up with emotion. You can listen to It's All True, a Nova podcast on all platforms and believe me when I say you've got to tune in. Here's Grant and Chessie. Guys, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I am actually so thrilled to be talking to the both of you as a couple. How cool. Yeah, we're pretty hot. We're a hot item. Uh, we're are- pretty cute together. I think you'll have to agree. <laughs> you are so cute together. You're actually quite a um, quite a couple that I kind of aspire to be. I, I do want to talk a little bit more about that. But first, I want to talk about the podcast. It's all true. This podcast is called All True. You're in season seven. Mm-hmm. Yep. I know. For, for a couple that thought we'd never work together ever again, um, we, I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> well, I can tell you, we wanted to create the little naughty corner that we could go to to say all the things that you can't say in commercial television or commercial radio. So it just, it's like a, a sin bin where we can just get it out of our system, be naughty, be freaky, uh, be, be real, be honest, be open about all your mistakes and, and successes and just, you know what? Just let it all out. Which I absolutely love because you're both so real in this podcast, which I love. But you've also kind of evolved from season one. You were originally talking about the two of you. And then it's really evolved into now really delving deeper into other topics. So you've done psychedelics, psychic mediums. That is very close to my heart, psychic mediums. I am one. I don't usually tell a lot of people that, but I am one. Oh, see, I love this. (laughs) So, yeah, so how has this podcast evolved for you guys? Like why going now into topics that interest you? I think when we first started, we felt like we had a lot to say. There was a lot that was always kind of printed about us that wasn't really true. And so we kind of thought, you know what, let's, let's give everyone, you know, our stories from the horse's mouth. And so we just started talking about our own stories, our own experiences, and we started to think about different topics or different things that would interest us and started to explore that, kind of taking our listeners on a bit of a, a journey of um, exploration and um, and discovery and and. Yeah, and we're loving every step of it, but it's very different now to what we first started out doing. Yeah, it was because initially, like the like the mainstream media would just have their way with you. They would write and do whatever the hell they wanted, whether it was real, true, or not. 
And that was a very, um, that, that's a tricky position to be in because you, your career is effectively in the hands of someone else and their sinister means, right? And they could make or break your career. And we never had a right of reply. We never had an avenue to be able to correct those stories. And as it turns out, most of the actual real stories that went on were hell of a lot juicier than the ones that they wrote about, which were, which were made up. So we thought, you know what, let's take the power back. Let's get control of our own story. Let's not everyone just, you know, try and, you know, ultimately, if someone was savage enough, they could tank your career. And and we thought, you know what, well, that's not right. So let's let's kind of have a platform where we can dish the dirt, share the tea, and um and just have a bloody good laugh at everything that we've done wrong and right over the years. And then effectively, it just started in us sort of saying, ah, oh, you know, we cocked that up, we got that wrong. What a bunch of dickheads! This is this. These are the mistakes that we made. It ended up helping others. And so we're like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, maybe we should sort of delve a little deeper. And we create a little community that effectively helps people through trauma, but with a laugh. Mm. I do love that because I think Grant in particular, I mean, Chesney, I know you've been, you were a TV producer, but Grant in particular, being such a face of Australian television for so long, I know that there is such an interest in your lives. And, I mean, I'm sure I've written stories about you, but I would like to say I have never, ever written stories that are untrue. It's always been about your shows. So I'm going to put my hand up and say it's never, ever, ever been untrue. But I know that there is that real deep want of knowing what is in your lives. How does that feel having such an interest in your personal lives when you can't control that narrative? Um, It's part and parcel of accepting the gig that you've gone for, right? Um, So being written about and spoken about uh, is part of the um, the deal that you make when you go, okay, well, I'd like to have a career in television. You go, well, that's the side effect of that, right? And and that's fine. And the fact that people want to say good or negative things about you, you have no control over. Um, So I haven't had too much of a problem with that when it affects my family to be different. So people saying mean things about me is okay because I signed up for this, right? I chose television as career. That's, that's part, that's, that's part of the game. Um, if it's negative things about my wife, that's a bit of a different story. If it's negative things about our family, then, you know, I kind of draw a line at that. Hence why we sort of have done this, done, done, done this podcast, but you know what? It, that's not so much of one of the the benefits out of doing this, as is you know, for my whole life, I've kind of prepared, prepared, pretended to be flawless. So that was my job. However, perfection is bloody boring, and it's not real. And we're just in a phase where no one's perfect. I feel like I've been part of the problem in pretending to be perfect all of my career. So now it's like. You don't need to be that. No one is that. Don't let that be the expectation for yourself because you'll be living in a personal prison otherwise. So we're celebrating flaws. And being real. Yeah, that's the one thing that we always we always think, why are they so interested in this story? <laughs> because it's so boring. We're so boring. We are not drama-filled. We are just run-of-the-mill. Like we live in the country. People who see us down the street or at the kids' school, they're like, I can't believe this story, you know, has been written about about you and you guys are so boring. You're actually really quiet. <laughs> How is country life, though? It must be so different. Well, as you can tell, Chezzy's dressed as Shannon Noll from 2004 <laughs> today in her flannelette. Um, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's um, 
I think when you make high-intensity television, you know, kind of like I do, you know, when you do game shows, you're making six of them a day and you'll do three days of that in a row. And that's uh, that takes that's a lot of personal output. So that's a hell of a lot of talking. That's a hell of a lot of high-level uh, energy. And so I find that kind of – I figured out through error and, again, through running myself into the ground and having a massive breakdown in about 20, 2012 – uh, of just doing uh, racing cars, host, host, being on Sunrise Weather, hosting Australia's Got Talent, yeah, doing just doing so much uh, that I, I, I figured out for me to maintain some longevity in this career and that kind of energy when I do host is I need to button off after expelling that kind of energy hosting TV shows. And it's very good. It's good for my soul, good for my mind. Isn't it funny? I mean, I'm a very outgoing person myself and people expect that high level of energy from me all the time. And I'm assuming that's the same with you, Grant. Like people will meet you and they're like, oh, high energy, you know, and there is such a big element of like having a facade and like almost having to put that on. And like then, but really deep down, a lot of creatives like us or a lot of really high energy people like us, you're so not like that 24-7. Most of the time, I like to sit in my bed. Um, yeah, I think I think having made a career as a high-energy broadcaster, because you've got to remember when it started on Sunrise, I had the three minutes after the doom and gloom of the news. So I felt a personal responsibility to lift people back up again. You know, you've just watched death and destruction and, and horror, which – you know, drives fear in you and it just, it brings you right down, your vibration lowers. It's, you know, it's a, you know, I think the news has a lot to answer for, for how we feel, I think, as, as, as a community and, and as human beings. And I kind of felt it was my obligation to lift you back up out of your doldrums again and give you something to laugh at. And so a lot of my, my shtick was either, you know, I I was I was being a dickhead on television, really, to just kind of make you feel better again after the news, and and that you know I I like for me television when it's at its best is escapism. It takes you away from your troubles. You know, the fact that we're all struggling to pay our bills. You know, maybe you've just lost someone. You hate your job. Relationships are hard. You know, bringing up a family is difficult. So I kind of. I feel the role of television is to take you a thousand miles away from all of that. And I feel that is my duty um, at, in this job. So I dial it up to 11. I can't be that for everybody. Um, so I just kind of learn how to pick and choose when I do it, you know, so I don't burn the candle at both ends and in the middle. That's not a mistake I want to make for the third time. But this podcast, I guess, is such a great avenue for you both to kind of work together, like we've said already. I mean, your story is fascinating to me only because as a couple, I read that you hated each other when you first met on Sunrise. (laughs) Is that true? Well, we certainly didn't like each other very much. I know that we said hate, but we... No, nah, it's pretty close. We butted heads a lot. We d- there was a lot of frustration. So, um, I mean, we both we were just very different in very different stages of our lives. So, I was, you know, producing, and that was my main job, um, and something that you know I really wanted to make a mark with. And um, and Grant was kind of like, you know, at a real um, pinnacle in his career, and he was arrogant. <laughs> he was um he was also you know racing on weekends and he was he had a lot of other things happening in his life so I felt he was unfocused he felt that I was pushy a, well, I was about to say a biatch but um 
And together we just clashed and and clashed a lot. One thing that I have noticed over the years of being with Grant that when he's angry, you know, he really um, his best does come out. <laughs> As in my, well, I'm better at my job when I'm when I when you, he's so focused when you push. Yeah, me when he's really pissed off, he's like real, you know, um, into it. And so you know that we had a really interesting start. Um, would you agree? Yeah, we just had different styles. Uh, and I was at a point where I believed, you know, I believed the hype, I think, and you're getting gratification in a lot of different areas. And my number one focus was as a racing car driver. And while I was winning races in V8 supercars, television was my second love. So if I was pushed around in television, I'd be like, mate, this is not even my main game. So back off. And I felt that <laughs> and it was frustrating. And I kept asking, please give me somebody else to produce, <laughs> please. Um, but it was also off the back of Dancing with the Stars. Oh. And so Grant, you know, he he was, you were doing so much and you were mm. here there and everywhere and um yeah occasionally you know after he would get a really great score they'd go out drinking and then you know we had a really early start so i'd get a couple of drunken phone calls asking where the crew was and he'd gone to the wrong location and it was an awful amount of stress at that you know (laughs) you train for you know 10 hours a day you gotta let your hair down when you get a perfect 10 mate that's like what you deserve it was like herding cats actually it's like having having kids now (laughs) I'm well practiced. It actually makes me laugh because, Grant, I remember interviewing you once and I got so confused with what show I was interviewing you for because I think you were on three at the time and (laughs) I was on this call to you and I said the wrong show. And and you were like, Anita, I think you'll find that it. (laughs) That's hilarious. Because you Um, were just here, there and everywhere. I knew where I was. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like it. Lucky you got Chevy. <laughs> but that's the hustle culture, right? You, you know, you yeah. you you beg, borrow, steal to to be the employee that everybody wants. You know, to beat the person you know next to you that you're in the race with. You know, to get that next rung up the ladder. And you say yes to a thousand things before you know it. You're personally unable to deliver any of them because it's just too much personal toll. But you know, that's that's I made that mistake. Um, you know, I, I was hard on the grind. I sacrificed a lot of friendships and family members um, and and dreams. And then I got there and then I got there and I fell in a massive hole. You know, I broke my back in 2008 and, and that was the first warning. That was the fo- first warning to slow down. I know that that was the universe going, mate, you cannot continue to do this. Well, I just remembered the other day that you said to me about three weeks before you broke your back, you said, I need a holiday. I need a holiday. I'm 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 exhausted. Mm, yep. And then I came back and rebuilt from breaking my back and I which was a you know, that was a big long recovery and it was a, a very painful and you know, traumatic kind of recovery. And then I got back to being my best and again winning races and hosting, you know, the global Everything. television formats. And then I'm like, I'm invincible. Look at me. I've recovered from a broken back. Not listen to the universe at all. So I went, I doubled down and went harder. I thought, this is a gift. I can walk. I got to, I got to squeeze every drop of juice out of, out of, out of this orange now. And then I did not learn the lesson. And then bang, you know, just, I got wiped out, absolutely wiped out. So like, that's why I say I can't make the mistake for a third time. I have a tendency to over push. So it's about management. But Chessie, like being, 
and I don't want to say it like this because you are so successful in your own right, but in saying that, like, do you ever feel your grant support or your grant just grant wife? Um, I yeah, I do. I don't think it's ever um bothered me probably as much as what people think. Um, I've always been really proud of Grant, and I've been really proud, you know, to be his his wife. And I never felt like that made me less of a person. Maybe because I I feel like I've got a wealth of my own experience, you know, under my belt. And yes, while I might not be doing, you know, my own things, um, you know, I'm raising kids and and helping Grant at this point. You know, I feel like things will change one day, and you know, I'll be doing my own stuff. So, but yes, I have I have noticed it. I remember I I ran into a TV time TV, and I was really proud of it because it it cost a lot of money for us to build it. And I just had this real passion that I wanted to help mums with postnatal anxiety, um, not to feel alone. And so my heart and soul was put into, you know, that whole series. And, and when this teacher came up and gave me a pat on the back and a big hug and she said, oh, so proud of you. You know, you've really, you've achieved so much and I just, I'm so happy for you. I'm, I'm really proud. Well done. And I said, oh, you've seen mummy time. And she looked absolutely puzzled. And she said, no, 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 because you married Grant, Denya, off the TV. <laughs> and I came home and I said to Grant, oh, I don't know how I feel about that because I, she really meant well, but, you know, I, I guess that was the first kind of real time that I started questioning our marriage. <laughs> yes. No, that I questioned that a long time before then. Um, no, I guess that was the first time that it was kind of so blatantly put to me. Um, you know, it didn't last very long. I understood I understood that she meant well, but um but it was fairly confronting. Of course. And a bit disappointing, I guess. Yeah, totally dis- I can completely understand. Our relationship started in an in an unusual way, not not just through working, but the moment we 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 did get together um, is when I broke my back. So she was sort of forced into that carer, nurse role, you know, way too early in a developing relationship, you know, unfortunately. So it sort of, it forced us into that kind of dynamic pretty early on. And Mm. we've sort of been inseparable since, Um, you know, having someone sort of nurse you through, you know, the worst four four months of, of your life creates a, a slightly different dynamic than the average relationship, you know, in, in really good, good ways. And, and we sort of haven't untangled that, you know, from, from way back then. So it's- Well, we've done a lot of work on it because there was a lot of codependence issues, you know, during that period because we were thrust together mm. in like a nurse and patient relationship very, you know, very early on. It was a trauma bond, you know, basically. Mm. So we had to kind of then rediscover the relationship outside of being, um, you know, patient and nurse and, and which, which we've been doing over the last sort of how long we've been together, 13 years. Married 13 years together, Married 16 years. 13 that's that's years. what I said. Um, <laughs> yeah. With these topics that you do put on the podcast, how do they come about? Who chooses them? What gets you excited about these topics? 
Well, the topics kind of just arrive in our sphere. It's funny, you know, one will then just sort of spur the next on. Someone will reach out just randomly out of the blue right at the right time. You know, I think it's kind of driven itself. Like when you look back through the back catalogue of topics we talk about, it could be like ADHD, PTSD, grief, trap trauma, crossed over loved ones, miscarriage, imposter syndrome, ghosts, mediums, hypnotism therapy. Like it's just, it all started as a gag, but then one gag led to an honest reveal, which led to someone else sharing their story of what helped them. And it's kind of just naturally unfolded, almost like the divine is handing it to us, you know? Mm, Sometimes we do. We talk about kind of what, you know, we talk about what's happening in our lives at the moment and Grant and I have been on this great journey of, I don't know, trying to be much better people, especially since we've become parents and we we like learning new things. I mean, yesterday we spoke to a numerologist um, and that just popped up one day in our feed and we thought, you know what, why don't we explore this a little bit more and see, you know, if we can kind of take our listeners on a on a little, I don't know, road trip with us, learning all this new cool stuff. And yeah, the, re- the reception has been fantastic, I think, because we also, we're so authentically into it and we share little anecdotes or stories or, you know, the I mean, because we're flawed as anyone, right? Yeah, so we're flawed as the more. next person next to us. <laughs> so we're like crash test dummies for alternative health systems. You know what I mean? Like we'll try it first, and then we'll tell you if it's any good, and then you can have a crack yourself. Yeah, but we also we we just like being real, and we we both have massive hearts. We both are big empaths, and. You know, we've had lots of ups and downs and we like to share that and to get feedback from people. And the feedback has been incredible. In fact, we get so many emails and messages and topics. Um, The ADHD one, we when we spoke about ADHD and um, putting our daughter Sailor on to medication and, you know, I cried through that chat and... um, because it was really hard. It was an extremely difficult time in our life and I'd just gone through a miscarriage and there was a lot happening. And we just spoke really openly about our fears and, you know, what the steps that we took. And I was waiting for lots of emails from people saying, you know, you're a bad parent. And, and I was preparing myself, you know, because we opened ourselves up. There's a fair bit of shaming that goes on around ADHD and medication. And so we, we dug well, there has been, pretty, yeah. pretty deep to kind of eliminate all the other possible options before we sort of ended up at that. And, and we, was, mentioned, we, we yeah. wrestled with it a lot. And we mentioned all of the steps that we took and the outpouring from parents who had been through similar situations has been incredible. I still get emails to this day from people saying that those episodes have changed mm. their lives. They had lost, scared, um, defenseless kids that weren't being themselves and they were petrified and, you know, we gave them a light. They didn't know what to look for. This system is not created for every kid, every student, and we fell through the cracks. We weren't great students. We felt like 
we we couldn't cut it. We were, we were lucky to make careers, absolute lucky to make careers because we academically, it just didn't work with how our brains kind of worked. So mm. once we didn't want that same challenge you know, to face our children. So that's why we sort of were pretty exhaustive, exhausting in, in, in our how thorough we wanted to be with our search for improving our kids' lives. And the fact that's kind of helped others and adults, many adults, is, is that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I feel like you both, it's it's almost like Grant, your whole career in front of the camera and Chesy behind brought you to this point. It led you to this point to be able to now have enough of a, a, a I guess, a platform to be able to help everybody else around you. Something that we're, we're both extremely passionate about at the moment and we're furiously learning more and more and more and, and trying to trust our intuition because mm. we feel through this podcast that we have been able to help so many people on so many different levels and and we feel like we have a lot more ground to cover off. Yeah, we, yeah. I think, yeah, absolutely. Like, And I think our te- my television career has really effectively, and I've been trying to analyze why I kind of wanted to do television, what it was all about. And I think it comes through from, you know, my childhood, my childhood of feeling small, feeling insignificant, feeling unheard, unvalidated, and then needing and seeking out a life to try and get those feelings, you know, met and and, and that's great. And I, and I got that. So I now realize, okay, there's a purpose as to why I did that. I'm now figuring out why that is. Let's go back and sort of look at that childhood trauma, if you like, and then, and figure out what it is that you do now. Because all I was doing was trying to race to an end goal that was based on something that I probably developed between the ages of five and seven. Mm. Um, so, but I only know that now as a 46 year old. So yeah, it's, 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 it's fascinating. It's, and, and maybe this is the course w- w- that we're ultimately always supposed to go on. But I feel like I've been doing a disservice over the majority of my career of, of being fake, uh, pretending too much and not being a, an authentic self. So I feel like I've got a little bit of work to undo, if that makes sense. I personally love the real you. You're fabulous. You're like, this is, yeah. No, oh, no, I think we're all having a bit of a moment here. Um, it's actually so. <laughs> uh. But it is, it's, it's, I, but I also don't want you to be, I feel like now we're in therapy. I also don't want you to be so hard on yourself because, because, you know, you that's life. Even talking to you now and hearing how you're overcoming those things, it just kind of gives people hope that um, that you're normal and that everybody kind of goes through these things and um, there is light. And the fact that you're willing to to um, to to put that out there in such a vulnerable way, I think that that's so commendable. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's been it's been a big learning process for us because we both were perfectionists who pretended to be different personalities. I pretended to be really tough when you know I'm I'm not. I'm a massive heart, and and you know as Grant's spoken about his and 
And we have just basically sat down and said, okay, we're just going to say it like it is. And that has been extremely confronting at times for us. And we, you know, we're, we're so grateful for all the feedback and for all the love mm-hmm. and um, on lots of different platforms, you know, because we also have a YouTube channel and um, we've got people, you know, who regularly watch us there and we do live videos and, um, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. But I, th- I think a lot of people relate to that fact. If you're so, if you are a very sensitive person, you have to throw layers on top of yourself to be able to survive in this big old bad world, right? Dominant personalities, and some are a little abusive. And if you if you're a very sensitive person, then you end up adding all these layers to yourself. So we realise that over the course of our life just to get by you're covered up with all these really heavy protective coats right so and then you're not you're only living your outer layer right so you've got to sort of peel them all back off to try and figure out who I am again and what is it I want and and I think growing up I don't know about you but you know my self-talk was absolutely you know horrific you know very very abusive. You know, the mean, I would never be mean to anyone except um, myself. And, but the way I talk to myself is, is so, is so damaging. Um, and that be- because of perfectionism and imposter syndrome and lack of self-worth, lack of self-love. And it, I'm only finding these late in life and life is so much better when you can peel off a couple of those layers and, 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 and get comfortable in those feelings. And then, then you start to find your way and then the good things start happening. And then, you know, the light starts shining a bit brighter again inside you. So it's, yeah, it's, it's worth the effort. Well, thank you for being like that for both of you. I mean, being vulnerable. And I'm glad, I'm so thankful that you get that platform to be able to do that. We're not pros. Uh, I will first admit <laughs> we're not professionals. Do not come to us for professional advice. We're not doctors. We're not psychologists. Or technological. <laughs> just flawed humans <laughs> trying to make their way through the world. There's not a lot that's off limits, really. No, I think that's because we've developed over the seven seasons to become mm. comfortable enough to share. And then because traditionally we, I would have been too afraid to say those things because I thought, God, what's my employer going to think? Have I pissed off the net? network, you know, publicity person? Um, Have I jeopardized my contract being renewed? Would anyone, you know, if I talk about all this freaky deaky, um, you know, stuff that we've been talking about on the podcast, you know, is is anyone going to want to hire me anymore? Have I just become that like internet weirdo? So it's, (laughs) we're, we're okay with it now. I mean, you're preaching to the converted over here. That kind of weirdo stuff is like you're speaking my language. And I think there's a lot more. There's so much more to this world, though, don't you think? Mm, and we love we love exploring that. Is there anything that you've learned about yourselves? Like I know that you said you've had to confront a lot. Well, we haven't learnt to speak properly because we still <laughs> trip over our lips and bits. And um, But I think one thing that I've definitely learnt is that it's okay to cry. Um, and it's okay to cry when you're talking about something that's, that means a lot to you and is very emotional. Um, because I used to use all my might to never, ever cry and never let anyone see me cry because I was tough. And through this podcast journey, you know, just the tears just flow and I, you know, I can't help that. Um, and on the flip side, I remember being told at school that I had a really, um, ugly, distracting, horrible laugh. 
And when Grant and I first got together, I could never laugh properly. I'd had this weird like, yeah, it was like a um, a contrived Betty from the Flintstones kind of laugh. Um, and I don't know why I had that, but in the very first episode, I had this big hearty laugh and I just let it go and, uh, you know, it felt uncomfortable for the first few times, but people started writing in saying, I just love Shezzy's infectious laugh. And I'd listen back and I'd think, oh, my God, and I'd be triggered because I remember being told at school, you know, Know, that it was too loud and it was annoying and distracting and um and that's they're two things that I've definitely learned about myself through the podcast. Yeah, I think I've learned um uh, that there's more work to be done, right? Because I think a lot of us are like, this can't be it. This 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 the whole thing that we're all going through, this can't be at a surface level all there is to life, right? Because that's not very satisfying. Uh, and then knowing that there are deeper levels, you know, knowing that you can, th- then you can discover more about yourself and your place in, in, in the planet. And that becomes more rewarding the deeper that you look. You know, I've, you know, I've accumulated all the trophies. You know, I, I went hard in my career. You know, I, 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 I ticked off all of the goals that I set out to achieve. And then I got there and I was like, you know what? It was actually not as rewarding as I thought it might have been because I, you know, I was trying to beat the Joneses. I was trying to beat the person next to me. I was trying to accumulate all the things that I thought were considered success. And so when you redefine what success is, I think you start to live a more enjoyable life um, because we all get caught up in the game that we're all supposed to be playing. And and again, I feel guilty that I was part of the system that was trying to portray the game as to what what you what you should be aiming for, what you should be aspiring to. Uh, and now I feel like I kind of, I uh, I need to let everyone else know there are deeper levels to the game and there's so much satisfaction to be found in those. That is such an interesting point about you saying that you kind of got all of those trophies and you reached those levels that you thought that you wanted to get to and it still wasn't enough. Because you were looking for outside things to make you feel whole. And I think when you got, you know, to the very top, you realised that you still felt they were all band-aids for the wounds that I'd had inside. So you will only find satisfaction and 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 genuine peace in life when you just go look inward and you heal some of those wounds and then everything becomes a joy. And then life is so much less of a struggle. Uh yeah, it's that's that's a very new discovery for us and and we're still in the early phases of that and yeah I've been doing a lot of work over the last few years you know I've been doing bloody therapy lots of you know alternative forms of of um health and you find little gems in each one you attempt but yeah yeah would do you think you would be completely different parents if you hadn't done this yeah there's definite elements that um, that I think you would have been a like level five stage mum uh, for our daughter's <laughs> musical career, you know, living out the dreams that you know that you never <laughs> that you never achieved but wanted to. No, I think we my just... kids would be in go kart racing at about two and a half years of age. <laughs> they probably still, well, someday will be now that she's got a brace on. I definitely think that it's um. Oh, yeah, it's definitely added a whole new dimension to our parenting. 
I feel that, um, yeah, I feel so much more supported, I guess, by having this great community and being able to share things, you know, that we have learned and also that we've stuffed up because one of our, you know, top episodes ever was that we were assholes, which was basically all the mistakes we made as, um, you know, as first parents and also when we were kids. And yeah, I definitely can see that it has rubbed off in a great way on our parenting. Yeah, I think we're a lot more open. I mean, even talking to Maggie Dent that time about, you know, helping kids with anxiety and Mm. like that gave us this whole level of confidence. And this is a complex period to bring up kids now as well. It's a very, it's a very different game, and and like we, and then this is the thing, right? We found a community by doing this podcast, which is helping us, helping our kids, helping our parenting. Plus, we're helping others listen to it. And you got to remember, when you go back to the basics of being a first human on the planet. We, we were raised by communities, you know. The fact that you're only raised by two parents now is only a new construct, you know, in the, in the, in the evolution of human beings. So, normally you would have cousins and ancestors and, and you'd have family members and, and neighbours all working together to help lift everyone up, whereas now everyone's got to work, you know, two jobs just to – it's a double-income household just to afford rent. So, we, we're now – and you're doing – there's no room for anyone else and then your grandparents – now your parents, who are the kids' grandparents, they're working so late in life now that they're not around to even help raise the kids. So we're, there's less of us trying to raise children than ever before when used to be it used to be a, you know the whole community would do it together. So we kind of feel like this podcast is kind of back to being how we should be doing things, sharing information, raising things together, learning from mistakes, focusing on positives, being encouraging. Yeah, it's it's sort of replaced. The, the caveman period of parenting. And also being able to, I guess, during our podcast records, you know, we have our little tiffs, um, have our little arguments. That definitely is better, you know, not being in front of the kids, but more just um, <laughs> during the podcast, like fighting, fighting over the, you know, how the dishwasher is to be packed. It's, you know, it's very important. If Shez is going to throw a glass, I want the whole world to see it. <laughs> In case somebody wants to write about it and make it up and you'll be like, see, it did happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With your kids, like, how have they grown up in this situation having such a high-profile family? Well, I think it helps living in the country. I think they they forget um, that we do stuff. Um, they know us as the people who clean up after them and yell them for not cleaning up after themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, yeah. So it's only, you know, occasionally I take them to work um, just to, I think it's important for your kids to know wh- what your work environment is like so they can visualize it in their head. doesn't matter what you do. So when you say I'm going to work, they know what it looks like. They know the people that are there. They know what your job is. They can, they can picture it in their little mind. So occasionally I take them to work and, and then we'll be walking down the street and someone will, you know, say hi and, and say survey says or yell something out from Family <laughs> Feud and they're like, oh, what? What? Why does that – do you know that person? Yeah. That <laughs> so, used to happen a lot. They'd come up and they'd be – like, especially if we were in Sydney or, you know, not so much in Bathurst because mm-hmm. we know everybody here, but you'd be – You'd be elsewhere and people would come up and want an autograph or a, f- a photograph and the kids would be like, well, this is a bit strange, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Do they then turn around and ask for one themselves? <laughs> well, actually, no, we had a problem member in kindergarten. Um, so Grant and Sailor did play school story time. Oh, and yes. um, a lot of the class said, we want to get your dad's autograph. And so she was writing a list of names and she came home with a list of 12 names. She said, oh, these people really want your autograph. And so we were like, oh, okay, no worries. And the school nearly passed out when they found out. <laughs> and she's like, I have no idea why. It's just because we were on story time. Well, I think she was selling them for $15 each, I think is why. <laughs> I think that was the problem. She was making bank. <laughs> that is so funny. That's such a great story. I mean, that that must be so weird for kids, though. Like, but I can I can't even imagine being Grant Denier and Chessie's kid. Oh, mate, the, you know, YouTube's just full of entertaining broadcasters. Everyone's a broadcaster now. You know, the specialty of being a, a television host isn't as special anymore because everyone owns, everyone has a camera, everyone has a YouTube account, and everyone knows how to talk on camera now. Whereas, you know, ten years ago, it wasn't it wasn't as common, and not everyone could do it, and people would be a bit sort of nervous or shy, and it was like public speaking. But, uh, mate, they follow much bigger people than us <laughs> online. Uh, they always all around say, the world. They always say, do you know Rihanna? <laughs> <laughs> do you know Katy Perry? Can you introduce us to Katy Perry? Don't they? They always ask. And I'm like, no, darling, we, we don't know them. Oh, you probably could <laughs> have once really upon a time. That's true. We actually have met both of those. Yeah. <laughs> that were bad examples. But we don't know them. It was just that Sailor saw Grant on Justin Bieber's documentary. Remember oh, you were yeah, in that? Yeah. Right. And she was like... <laughs> What are you oh doing in there? Gosh, that's dad. Yeah. We that were like, is oh, yeah. So cool. How wild for them, though. That is actually pretty cool. Like, I'm, uh, if I saw you, I'd, I'd be excited. I mean, I get excited when I see Australians on American documentaries. So I can't even imagine being sad. <laughs> <laughs> so it is so wonderful to chat to you and to just see how real and honest you are. And we need more broadcasters like you. Actually, I'm really curious, Grant, does that mean you've given up TV or am I, is this? Is that wrong to ask? No, not given up. I've, I've spent a long time re-evaluating whether this is something I want to continue to do and in what capacity. So I've, I've taken a couple of years off uh, for some quiet time to kind of sort of reflect about where, where I'm at with it all. Um, but I also use that time to also create a number of formats. So um, no, I, I thought about checking out of it, just going in a completely different direction. Um, but no, I still I still have a passion for it. I'll probably go about it slightly differently, and then and then going into the creator space as well for for, for TV formats is sort of what I'm what I'm doing now. So Ooh. hopefully we'll have some news for you soon and some big live shows got planned. Yeah, yeah we've got some formats that are being uh, picked up um, here and overseas. Um, we, we can't say much more just yet about those, uh, but yeah, a live. A live show um, is 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 on the cards for the podcast and wow. for for me personally. So we're called Grant Denny's Big Show, which is kind of like just a, a live entertainment spectacular. You know, like games and guests and sing songs and um, yeah. I love how you're both like, we need to take a couple of years off, and then all of a sudden you're like doing Grant's big entertainment show. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's what happens when you sit still. Your brain starts working. We've got we're working on a book as well, so it's a uh, a podcast book, and we've got um, a whole range of you know fun merchandise and bits and pieces to come out. So the book's called "I Hate My Husband: How How We Met." Um, the story of Grant and Shezzy, the modern day Shakespeare. No, it's not called that at all. We don't know what it's called. Although yet. that is yeah, a really yet. good title. Signed off. <laughs> it actually really is. I hate my, I husband. Hate my husband. I'm pretty sure there's like lots mate. of books out there, probably written by prisoners. <laughs> yeah, we've got lots of exciting stuff coming. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. And I think it's so honourable to to kind of go, you know what, I need a break. Thank you so much for being on this podcast, my little old podcast, and you guys are just amazing. It has been the biggest pleasure. I Honestly, I don't want this to end. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing is you'll know when we're doing the next one because you're a medium. Uh, it'll be coming. It'll be coming. Just turn those antenna on and you'll feel our <laughs> vibration coming in. Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the entertainment underscore hotline pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast. 